0: Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. You can download Discover DEP and subscribe to future editions through iTunes and Google Play. September brings about not only the change in the leaves and the beginning of autumn, but it's also the time of year when students across New Jersey go back to school. Education is a very important component of what we do here at DEP, and DEP actively promotes environmental education information and provides resources through programs or through formal and ongoing partnerships. Today we are joined by Tanya Osnowich, Environmental Education Supervisor here at the department, to talk with us about environmental education and the role the DEP plays in schools throughout New Jersey. Tanya is a key player in all our environmental education programs, and we are delighted to have her here today.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Tanya, what is environmental education, and why is it important?
1: Environmental education has different faces, different facets to it. The most simple thing is that humans and nature, people and our environment have very integral relationships. When we're in kindergarten, preschool, first grade, we learn that we have basic needs. Every human needs water, food, shelter, warmth. As kids get older, sometimes that information is carried on in their later grades and sometimes it's not. But those basic needs are what all of us still depend on. We all came into this room today bringing water into the room in our bodies. We all have nutrients. Also in our bodies, we're exhaling carbon dioxide, bringing in oxygen. We're part of natural systems on the planet. No matter what we're doing, whether we're at school or at home, whether the kids are outside, whether we're going in the workplace every day, as we age, we still have very intimate ties with the planet. It's our food requires the earth, water, soil, and and space to be made. All of our clothing depends on some natural resources in order to be made, and complex relationships that exist between people's jobs what they do in the workplace and the environment is all interconnected.
0: I think you made a key point that too often we forget, and that is that as human beings, we are part of the environment. We are not separate and apart from it. So, Tanya, people think of The DEP mostly is a regulatory agency, and might be surprised to learn that we actually have an educational component that we offer to students and others around the state. Why is it so important for DEP to offer these educational opportunities to students and others?
1: That's a great question. I have worked in our communications office for 28 years, and I'm grateful to say that DEP has supported education and outreach since that time. Besides having environmental education staff in a centralized office, we have education staff in several of our divisions, whether it's forestry and state parks and fish and wildlife, or in air quality and and water quality. I think it's important DEPLs recognize that education is not only important for preschoolers through grade 12, but also in higher education and for professionals in the workplace and also for family education and for parents, whether you're a landowner or a civic leader. There are many different types of outreach and educational programmings that we offer for all of these audiences. So that
0: kind of gets back to the point you raised earlier that we are all part of the environment, and being able to protect the environment involves every one of us. And that's part of what you do, isn't it? To make people aware of how they can play a role in making sure that our environment is protected.
1: Exactly. We, we've had I've had conversations with our enforcement and regulatory staff in the past who stressed to me how important education is. DEP is a regulatory agency. It's easier for us to regulate the activities on a large property within an industry or a sector of industries within a municipality. But when it comes to what we do at home, what we do in a, in a neighborhood, what we do in one school or a college it truly is up to the individuals whether it's the leadership as well as everyone who uses that site that facility there is a great impact when you think about the number of people who may litter or not litter save water or not save water use their private vehicle or carpool, or use mass transit. The numbers add up. The impact adds up. And that's where education comes in. There's nothing, really, that the regulatory world can do to reach audiences in the way that education can.
0: One of the most interesting facts I ever learned about the cumulative effect of individual actions, and this was some years ago, the number's probably higher now, hopefully it's lower, was that every nine months, as much oil enters America's coastal waters from non-point source pollution, which means, you know, a little oil that's dripping from your car on the driveway, oil that's maybe on the highway. Every nine months, as much oil enters our coastal waters from non-point sources as was spilled in the Exxon Valdez accident. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of shocking to think that until the BP spill in the Gulf of Mexico, the Valdez was the largest environmental disaster in the history of the country, and we essentially had one of those happening every nine months in our coastal waters just from the cumulative effect of individual action. So that's why what you do is so important. What exactly do you do in terms of going out to schools and talking to students and other things? to Give us some examples of what your office does.
1: Well, my personal history has been more my previous jobs and my earlier time with the department, I've been more, I, I guess a phrase we use nowadays is boots on the ground. I was someone who worked at nature centers or visited nature centers or I spent a lot of time going into the classroom myself or working more directly with teachers. These, Did you have a background in education. Yes, and well in environmental education. These days I spend more time trying to assist those. I'm grateful that I had that kind of upbringing in the field of environmental education so that now I spend more time meeting with partnership organizations, writing grants, trying to create initiatives that I think our agency needs or our constituents, the people we work with, the people we try to support out there like teachers or naturalists at nature centers or civic leaders or community leaders or scout scout groups um, those are all of our audiences. So and what sort of
0: resources do we have for those different groups? What can we offer them?
1: Probably our most popular online resource is called SEEDS, S-E-E-D-S. It's been in existence well over a decade now. The acronym SEEDS stands for the State Environmental Education Directory Site. Last year we had over 425 resources in SEEDS. Every and what are some
0: of those resources?
1: What we have are field trip opportunities. These are facilities administered by DEP, whether it's a state forest, a state park, a nature center, a historic site, or fish and wildlife properties like Pequest Trout Hatchery and Natural Resource Center or Sedge Island. All of these provide students of all ages, because we're talking preschool through senior citizens, opportunities to experience the environment and environmental education One of the most vital things we have to offer is the experience of being in nature, learning about nature, that hands-on opportunity that we try to have available to every citizen.
0: So people can go out to these facilities, their teachers can bring them or their scout leaders or others, and kind of see what the effect is of not only good environmental stewardship but also poor environmental
1: stewardship. Exactly.
0: Are there other resources available that teachers could use in the classroom to prepare their kids for when they do go out into the environment?
1: Oh, yes. We have quite a bit of in-classroom literature, lessons, guidance documents, things that they can upload for free, hands-on lessons. We also have programs that come into the classroom, whether it be on Proud in the Classroom, Hooked on Fishing, Not on Drugs, which I know has been featured on this program. We also offer training for teachers. We sponsor several curriculum supplements that are sponsored all over the country by other state agencies like DEP. These are called Project Learning Tree, Project Wild, and Project Wet. Project Wet stands for Water Education for Teachers. DEP has sponsored these curriculum supplements since the 1980s, and they have been field tested and revised by teachers and professional natural resource staff throughout the country for several editions. So, These curriculum supplements bring environmental education into the classroom, and we try to empower the teachers to feel comfortable and confident doing it. It's what we call place-based education. Learning about the environment not only can mean having that school take a field trip to a local nature center or an open space area, but it also means having them feel comfortable going out on school property, bringing the outdoors inside or something that's becoming more popular these days is what we call green practices. Having the students develop a recycling program for the school if the school doesn't already have an active, successful recycling program.
0: So, Tanya, you've been doing this for 20 years or more. What is your impression on the level of student interest today versus when you first started in this field? Is it increasing, decreasing, about the same
1: I've seen great heightened increase at all levels from student awareness and knowledge from preschool up to when they graduate from high school. I also see greater increase of environmental content, what I would call environmental science or environmental studies. It has stronger prominence in the sciences and what's being taught today in New Jersey as well as in social studies and even in health. There's greater interest in green school practices. There are several programs that DEP is a partner in where schools are voluntarily trying to reduce energy use, if they're constructing new school buildings or new additions to their building, that they do so in an environmentally friendly manner and reduce the footprint that the impact that the school has on the surrounding environment.
0: So not only has the interest increased, so has the awareness. Yes. Would you say a greater sense of the responsibility of stewardship among both students and faculty?
1: A greater sense of responsibility, yes. We have great interest among students to become stewards. In fact, citizen science is another trend that is being received positively by schools and and being pursued by student groups. How can we help protect and study the local environment? In fact, DEP is working on a grant with several partners right now looking at resiliency, and New Jersey has gotten different funding sources for post-Sandy restoration and resiliency. We're actually working with high schools in areas where they can walk outside the door to a salt marsh, to an estuary, and they can study that area and learn to tell its story. What lives here, plants and animals, how was this area impacted before Sandy, How, how has it been restored after Sandy, and God forbid there's another storm in that area again. For the first time in history, that property will have evidence of what existed before that next storm hits.
0: That's fascinating, particularly because New Jersey, even though we're a relatively small state geographically, uh, in a lot of ways we have a wide variety of different environments from the mountains up in the northwest and and through the highlands and then down to the coastal plain and, of course, our 127 miles of beaches as well as our beautiful back bays. I mean, there's a wide variety of environments in a relatively compact geographical space. So there's a lot of opportunity for people, I think, to learn, particularly students, to learn about how we impact these different types of environments
1: yes and luckily i'm grateful that in the state of new jersey we have with the population that we have we certainly as an agency can't do it alone i would say we've demonstrated good leadership in our abilities to gather and work with other partners there are expertise out there who educate students of all ages only about marine life only about the pinelands only about the highlands or the delaware river and its shorelines there are educators who do environmental education who are out there fighting the good fight, they are still the boots on the ground and they're the ones that we depend on greatly to reach the schools and communities in their area.
0: Where can educators go, where can teachers go to find out the information and resources we have available to help them integrate environmental education into their classrooms?
1: One place to start is going to the home page for SEEDS, the State Environmental Education Directory site. If you're able to Google the State Department of Environmental Protection and find our own homepage, if you go to the left side of our homepage, there are several buttons. There is a button for education. That's probably the easiest way to get to it. When you get to SEEDS, there's also a link there for environmental education news, which is a twice-a-month listserv for environmental education announcements that DEP distributes. And There's a library so you could see what the current contents are of environmental ed news, and then there's also a link for signing up. There's also you could go through the contents of SEEDS. The web address for SEEDS is www.nj.gov, G-O-V, slash D-E-P, slash SEEDS.
0: Well, that website is right up on the description of uh, this podcast, so people can get to it through that. Students, if students want to make sure that uh, they can make their teachers aware of these resources, how would they get in touch with you to uh, encourage their teachers to get involved?
1: Mark Rogoff and I are both findable in the SEATS content. There's a web page called About SEATS, and our contact information is there. We encourage students to call us, teachers to call us or email us. We often will set up little appointments with people by phone. The older I get here, the more I feel like a dating service. Teachers tell you what they need, and you just point them in the right direction, and, and off they go, and we do the same with students.
0: So you're kind of the match.com for uh, yes. teachers <laughs> and the resources available to
1: them. Yes. Excellent. <laughs>
0: Tanya, looking back over the years when you've been involved in environmental education here at DEP, what sort of impact do you think it has had on students, Um, and and how would you describe that?
1: One of the other programs I didn't mention is that we, Mark and I, administer the Governor's Environmental Excellence Awards, and we have two categories for environmental education. There's teacher or adult-led programs and student-led programs. Those two categories are very popular. And we have several other categories for these awards, and I'm always happy to see that many schools and colleges apply for them, and there is often student involvement in many of the applications. Those numbers have grown over the years, and these are excellent initiatives, and sometimes it makes it very difficult to decide who truly the winner is when they really are all doing wonderful work. DEP has also been a partner with the State Department of Education to support the U.S., Green Ribbon Schools program. And that's been in New Jersey now for several years. And we have dozens of schools that have received national recognition for being a Green Ribbon School. It's very prestigious to receive that award. I went to Washington this summer to watch our New Jersey schools receive it along with one college. And when I witnessed that, It brings me to tears because I think this is where we need to be. And how do we make these examples shine? Because this is where so many other schools also desire to be.
0: So the fact that these awards are so competitive really is a good way to measure how effective the education has been because you've got more and more students, more and more schools competing for these awards with really a lot of really great projects. Yes.
1: The depth and breadth of what they do today is far different than the things I might have done in school when I was in fourth or fifth grade.
0: So, Tanya, thanks so much for being with us today, taking time out of what I know is a very busy schedule to share with our listeners the excellent work in environmental education that you and your colleagues do here at DEP. There's no doubt that individual action by students has, in terms of our ability to protect and preserve our environment here, not only for us today, but for the future generation. I think uh, the old saying is, a teacher affects not just the student, but also the future. and Certainly, that's what's going on here at DEP with the work that you and your colleagues do. So thanks so much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Bob, and thanks for featuring environmental education.
0: Thanks for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.